This is Sexopedia, your bedroom chronicles. Welcome to the second episode of Sexopedia, your go-to podcast for all things sex and dating. I'm Sarah Gibson. In today's episode, we're going to delve into the challenges we all face in a modern dating world and discuss how we can navigate them effectively. Fast-paced modern life can make it easy to lose touch with one's inner self. But what happens when loneliness strikes in the middle of the night, or when we find ourselves lost in the love for another person? In these moments, we often crave connection and intimacy, longing to find someone who truly understands us. In this episode, I invited Valentina Tudos, a Hong Kong-based dating expert, sex and relationship coach, and a clinical hypnotherapist, to walk us through the challenges of modern relationship issues and offer us helpful insights into practicing self-love. Valentina is passionate about helping people create the happiest and most powerful version of themselves. She supports her clients in all stages of romantic relationships, focusing on self-care and deep healing. She is also a popular TEDx speaker and loves to hold retreats. Let's dive in a world of modern intimacy and self-love with Valentina. Valentina, we just talked a lot about uh, this kind of uh, relationship and both sexually and emotionally, we have to continue contributing to it. And I'm wondering, do you have any suggestions or tips for us to maintain and build a long-term sexual relationship? Well, we discussed before how uh, the aspect uh, that involves communication is key for everything to do with interpersonal relationships, especially when it comes to uh, having satisfaction in the bedroom, right? The most important aspect of uh, creating a long-term relationship is making sure that we constantly keep our partner up to speed in what is happening for us. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned before, um, taking each other for granted, making assumptions, believing that we already know everything there is to know or what is happening with our partner and creating a story in our head about why they do what they do or they don't do. Uh, These are things that can really prevent us from having uh, all the satisfaction that we want. So when in doubt, ask. (laughs) Basically, number one tip is this. You can never really assume that you know anything about anyone else. And no matter how many times certain behaviors may have happened, we don't really know what is happening for other people unless we clarify with them. So for me, the number one word that I would want people to uh, remember when it comes to having a good, solid, strong relationship over time is to seek clarity. Clarity is such an important word uh, that allows us to remember that everything changes, that if there is one constant in this universe is change. So nothing that has happened before has to happen again. Uh, or making the assumption that a partner or a person is behaving or reacting a certain way because that's what they've done in the past is going to lead into a lot of troubles. So the most important aspect of this is making sure that we communicate openly and honestly about how we feel and we ask the question, 
uh, from our partner. What is it that is going on for them? What do they wish? What do they desire? What do they fantasize about? Mm-hmm. What right. is going on really right now? Yes, exactly. We have to put a lot of effort and in communicating and maintaining this relationship and keep the spark going on. But now I kind of observe a trend, especially in metropolis city, that many young people they don't have such chance to develop a long-term sexual relationship because of those um, dating apps or a hookup culture going on. So, how do you feel about the short-term sex relationship, like one-night stand or just you know friends with benefits or uh, hooking up? I think they are a fact, um, basically a reality of where we are, and I think they've existed for much longer than we imagined, even though, of course, mm-hmm. in the past, people yeah. were not so open about it. Um, it's wonderful to to have people available to you to satisfy your sexual desires, but I think deep down, most of us want something a little bit more serious, and because sex is such a bonding experience for us, not only mentally and emotionally, but chemically in the body, yeah. it's, it can lead to a lot of pain if we don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. So um casual sex um one night stands friend with benefits relationships can be very useful if you know how to manage the emotional fallout that can happen because like i said naturally we are designed to be interdependent we are designed to want connection to create connection right and strong physical and emotional experiences get um let's say locked into our brain so the actually the more pleas- pleasure we experience with someone, the more our brain is going to want more of it, mm-hmm. right? Like it's simply the dopamine pathway where yeah. when we experience pleasure, we're going to want to cre- to recreate that pleasurable uh, experience in our body mm-hmm. again and again, which means we get attached. So yes. having uh, a wonderful one night stand is very likely going to make our brain want to repeat it again and again and again we've all been there like you know very recently i was in europe um i had this experience with someone a really unexpected very nice very connected experience and Mm -hmm. even though normally i'm very relaxed about this and i'm really uh, not uh, getting attached to people because that sexual experience and the pleasure that i've had was really intense it's very hard not to want it again (laughs) so it's okay to to have this, but then uh, if you repeat it a few times, let's say if you have a wonderful experience with a person and they reciprocate and then you start dating or you start having uh, sex with them a few times, it's only natural and very, um, uh, how can I put it, very common that you're going to want more of it. And then the more time you spend with that person, the more time you're going to want to spend with that person and so on. And if for some reason that cannot happen, you're going to end up with a, with pain, a little bit of pain or a lot of pain, depending how far you go. Right. I found uh, some people, they might be traumatized after one I stand because they come attached to that person, but that person is not attached to him or her. So That's uh, right. yeah, that caused a lot of psychological trauma. Do you think there are any strategies for people to overcome sexual insecurities or past traumas that may impact intimacy? Well, if you've had trauma, you really need to get therapy. It's mm-hmm. it's as basic as that. You know, trying to to fix yourself when you've experienced something that has fundamentally changed the way you think about the world, the way you see the world is going to be very hard. 
It's going to take a lot of resilience and it's going to take a lot of self-awareness to get yourself out of that place. So, and I'm not saying this because I'm a therapist, but because I want people to understand that it's okay to ask for help. Trauma is something that happens to all of us and it, it doesn't have to be like major trauma. It doesn't have to be rape or sexual abuse or something like this. Small events, small rejections, uh, just as you said, um, being in a situation where you have a one night stand, you you have a great experience, you you make a story about that experience, meaning more than just pure sex, that can become very, very painful because you will experience that potentially as re massive rejection and we do not like rejection, right? Yeah. And as a result of that, you may decide that I'm never going to uh, let another person, I'm never allow myself to uh, have feelings for another person, which is basically the result of a traumatic event. When, when we make a decision that we will never do something like this, or we will always do something different, it's essentially a conclusion that we make out of trauma. And in order to do that, we need help from the outside because we cannot see things that are we cannot see ourselves, right? We cannot fix yeah. ourselves without external help. So definitely I would encourage everyone who's had any kind of situation in their life that makes them change their behavior, makes them see the world or feel about themselves in a different way to seek help. Um, simply because a therapist, a trained professional can really provide tools and uh, psychological um strategies that allow you to to shift back into a positive uh, in a positive yeah. mode because what we do in in that moment uh, after a traumatic event we have um, a whole bunch of defense mechanisms that protect us that are try are coming in they're basically preset programs in our brain that are coming in to protect us from having that experience again yeah so a conclusion like, oh, I'm never going to go online dating again, or I'm deleting all my apps and I'm never talking to anybody like this just because this one person didn't love me back is a pretty dramatic response, right? Yes. And that dramatic response is a, a defense mechanism that says, I don't want to put myself uh, in that situation again. So it makes perfect sense to me that if we... Uh, let's say we break an arm or a leg what do we do we go to the doctor we don't assume that it's going to heal by itself right mm -hmm. well uh, emotional trauma is the same we need to get professional help to make sure that we heal in the right way because just like if we break a bone in our leg and we don't go and put it in the cast the bone will eventually heal but first of all we're going to be in a lot of pain and second of all it may not uh, bond properly so we might have uh, dysfunction later on seeking help uh, as we're experiencing that pain is is the yeah. best way to deal with it so don't wait until you can't stand it anymore um, and a lot of times when people are experiencing heartbreak or this pain from um, attachment they have this strong self-defense mechanism and they believe this is the um, only solution but it's actually not you can seek help from friends or professionals to uh, help you to actually see this whole event 
objectively and knowing that you deserve everything, you're worth everything, but just this person, he or she doesn't, you know, attach to you. That doesn't mean you're not good enough. And a lot of times people、uh, tend to just ignore or just go to the extreme when such a traumatic event happens, and they just walk into the next relationship, which is going、mm. to even sabotage your fallen relationships. And I believe、right. that's why professional help. Is very essential in terms of in terms of these issues because it really can help you to first identify the blockages and then let's trying to solve it. One hundred percent. My favorite saying when it comes to breakups or any of these situations is to remind my clients or my friends that rejection is redirection.、Yeah. It's a way that、mm-hmm. we. Learn an important lesson. It does not. The lesson is not that I'm not good enough. The lesson is this person is doing me a favor、yeah. by not choosing me because now I can learn this lesson. I can look at what attracted me in this person that is actually not positive. Is not is is really showing up a part of myself that I need to to learn to love.、Yeah. I believe that people come into our lives to teach us how to love ourselves. And、mm-hmm. when a person is not Loving us in the way that we want is an invitation from the universe to look inside and to say, "How am I not loving myself in the right way? If this person doesn't appreciate me, if this person doesn't prioritize me, if this person is not choosing me, how am I not doing that to myself? Like if I put this other person's first all the time. Let's give you an example. So let's say I like somebody very much, and they're not very available to me. First of all, the fact that they're not available is giving me a hint as to my own availability. Like、mm-hmm. if they're not available, I've attracted them because maybe a part of me is also not really looking into, is not ready to be in a relationship. Okay, so that's clue、yeah. number one. Clue number two is they're not available, which is going to make me run after them a lot more. They're not coming in. You know, I always see relationships as a game of tennis. You know, two halves. Equally,、yeah. uh, equally long or equally large, and there's a net, a, a demarcation point in the middle. And、mm-hmm. only when people respect the rules, the court, and everything, then we have a balanced relationship. But if a person is not available to me, it means that they're not even in the court. So what do I do? I run after them. I try to drag them in to go. Please play with me. <laughs> How I do that? Right, my way of doing、yeah. that, attracting. Yeah, is to say, okay, if you're not very available, I will make a lot of excuses for you. I'll go, yeah, I understand. Yeah. You're busy. You you travel a lot. Okay, look, you know, whenever you're available, whenever you're free, just let、mm-hmm. me know. Or、uh, I will sit at home, not living my life, not spending time with my friends, not choosing myself and what is good for me. And、yeah. let's say if I have something going on, but this person suddenly says, "Oh,、uh, I want to see you tonight." Yet they haven't prioritized me. They haven't thought about me. Suddenly they've got a gap, and they go,、oh, "Okay, who can I hang out with? Who do I know will be available for me anytime?" Oh, there's this person who's sitting there in the corner. Basically,、waiting、I can take them for granted. She's waiting、yeah. for me, right? Yeah, so they- then, instead of going on with my friends or whatever, let's say I had dinner with friends or something, or I wanted to go to the gym, but if this person、uh, texts me or calls me to say, "Hey,、mm-hmm. I'm free," I'm gonna drop all my plans and I'm gonna go and see them.、Mm-hmm. Does that、yeah. mean that I'm prioritizing myself? No.、Oh. If I'm not prioritizing myself, how is this person going to prioritize myself? Because、yeah. I'm not respecting myself. I'm、That's、not respecting、right. my friends. I'm not respecting my plans. So. This is the context that I that I put on on any breakups. Ultimately,、mm-hmm. this person not choosing you 
is teaching you that you have to choose yourself. So it's there giving you a gift, the gift of recognizing that you can empower yourself. You have this ability to decide what is good for you and running after a person and making yourself available to them all the time when it's just you who makes yourself available to them is an unhealthy toxic relationship because it's an imbalance in the giving and receiving. Yeah. So going back to Bruce, sorry, go on. It's okay. I I was just going to say like, I I totally agree with you because um, many times it's, I think this is more like a feminine issue more than a um, male issue because a lot of times when girls are attached to um, some guys and, you know, this is how guys are wired. They're naturally not that easy to attach to the other person compared to girls. That's my opinion. But um, we just tend to find excuses for them. Like, okay, he's busy. He has his life going on whatsoever. I mean, you have to um, know that to keep this going, you need a certain extent of reciprocity that mm-hmm. he has to um, show respect to you and um, give you this, I mean, at least similar amount of attention. And you have to have this kind of self-respect, knowing that um, even if like he or she is not replying, it's okay. I have my own life going on and I will not um, let you decide if I am worth it or even if this person does not appreciate me, I know it's totally okay because there are so many people out there appreciating me and so many people there uh, out there that I love and love me. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And to comment on the attachment thing, mm-hmm. um, I guess you are right, but I think it's also because um, there is a story that we tell ourselves, right? That this yeah. person is the right one for me. Because we've been told that we are not good enough if we don't have a partner, especially here in Asia. Yeah. Um, I I get the feeling or I know for sure because I've been here for 20 years and I've heard this story many times mm-hmm. where um, I see this pattern in the culture where girls in particular are faced with this really confusing message that they're receiving as you correct me if I'm wrong right because you 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 grew up around here maybe I don't know I'm making that assumption so I'm sorry if it's not true please correct it but um so my um my experience from uh, hearing a lot of stories from my clients and uh, and friends was that uh, for many Asian girls they are told while they're growing up that uh, dating is bad boys are bad you need to focus on your studies don't go out doing all these things because that makes you a bad girl so if you want to be a good girl if you want your parents appreciation you don't date right because that obviously yeah, they're think, trying to yeah. keep you safe yeah that's they're kind of to keep culture. you safe yeah yeah but yeah. then all of a sudden they say oh you can date after college after university fine but essentially then Let's say you're 22, 23, 24, whatever time you finish. Then within a year or two, they're like, oh, how come you're not married? By 27, you're a leftover woman. By 27, if you haven't bagged someone, if you haven't managed to get someone to, to, um, you know, propose to you or be your your boyfriend, Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with you again. So to me, it's a, it's a lose, lose situation because you are not given the opportunity to learn about dating. You are not ultimately dating when we're teenagers is practice practice for how to be in a relationship because unfortunately there is no real education about being in a relationship so mm-hmm. the whole culture is around trial and error 
right? You you try, you yeah. date someone, it doesn't work out, you learn something, then you do something different and so on. So the trial and error method of learning is actually very long and very complicated and creates a lot of trauma, but okay, let's take it as, as it is. You don't get that because you're not allowed. They tell you that's bad. And then all of a sudden, they're putting pressure for you to do exactly the things they were telling you. They're horrible. And invalidating everything that you worked so hard for to become a good girl while you were studying and working and, and setting yourself up as a career woman. So yeah. poor women, you know, no wonder they they grab onto the first guy that they see. Mm-hmm. That's right. I, because I, they've been programmed for that. Yeah. And I, well... I actually uh, grew up around Asia, and later on, I studies and I study in the United States. And uh, but I've lucked out because I uh, grew up in a very liberal family. My parents never told me that hey, you should study or you should marry, uh, marry someone once you got certain age. But I know there is this culture going on, and it's still going on, and exerting a lot of pl- uh, pressure to uh, both men and women. And mm-hmm. I deeply uh, despise and loathe this culture. Uh, stigmatizing leftover woman i think there's no such thing calling someone uh leftover it's quite insulting and as you mentioned we spend one or two decades in school just to set up as a career woman to be independent it's and um and the standard for the good girl i think it's just very insulting because you are the person you are as long as you're treating people nicely uh you're doing your work um, you can have your own personality. There is no need to say, okay, I, I'm not allowing you to take dating anyone or not, uh, not allowing you to go out for fun so that you're not a good girl, whatever. So, yeah, I think that's something really paradoxical in the culture itself is something mm, is also very uh, traumatizing for a lot of Asian women. Yeah. That's right. And it is exactly the source of uh, insecurities in yeah, and out of the bedroom. Right. It's the source of trauma because your whole life you've been told this is bad. Mm-hmm. Basically, dating, men, sex is bad. It's a sin. Yeah. It's It makes you a bad girl. And yeah. then suddenly you're supposed to get married and have babies and you don't know nothing about it yeah, in, exactly. in this space. You, uh, you've not even kissed a guy. I know people who told me they were hiding from somebody that they felt attracted to because they didn't know what to do so you asked me about tips for how to do it you really need to prioritize yourself and that's why I I mentioned that you cannot fix these things by yourself and you do need to work with somebody that can help you see a different word who can help you reprogram your mind around sex and sexuality and what it means to be a good girl and should we all want to be good girls I don't know I think good girls are boring yeah, I don't care if I'm good or bad. I don't live upon your uh, comments or uh, appreciations or anything like that, right? Exactly. And who decides what's good or what's yeah, bad? We all have the exactly. capacity to be everything. So essentially, tips to, to deal with this, like I said, mm-hmm. go see a therapist. It's it's absolutely no shame. Everyone needs, just like we, we go to the doctor and we have yeah. a, a checkup, a medical checkup every year. We really need to deal with our mind in the same way. I have a therapist. I have several therapists, in fact, um, despite the fact that I am a therapist and I you know, I've been working hard to to be uh, as self-aware as possible. I absolutely cannot see everything and I cannot fix everything. And um, there is, uh, to me, it's more shameful not to acknowledge that you have problems if there is such yeah. a thing, although I don't like to assign uh, shame or guilt on anybody. But mm-hmm. if you want to feel 
good about yourself. It's good to, to speak to people. So oh. that's number one tip. Number two tip is really to make sure that you put yourself first. You know, I'm the queen yeah. of self-love. Yeah. <laughs> the self the self-proclaimed uh, queen of self-love and what i mean by that is really that i believe the most important lesson that yeah. we have to learn as people in this life and every life is how to love ourselves and there's so many parts of ourselves that we've been told are wrong or bad and that's the work that we all need to do and mm -hmm. whether we do it by ourselves whether we do it with therapists whether mm -hmm. we do it through meditation and awakening and breathing whatever we really need to to focus on this and ultimately even our search for love in other people is still a part of the process of learning how to love ourselves so yeah. what's important is that we exercise that we eat well we we do things that make us feel good physically and emotionally exactly. i was just listening to another podcast earlier that talked about what is the essence of mental health mm -hmm. and i love uh what they said that ultimately for us to be balanced emotionally and to be healthy mentally, we need two things. We need gratitude and we need agency, which means a sense of control over the world. If yeah. we feel that over the world, outside and inside, like if I know that no matter what happens in my life, I have a choice, I have an option, yeah. I can impact my life through my actions and my behaviors. And if I'm grateful for what I have, instead of focusing on what is missing from my life, then I can deal with everything in life. I can be resilient. I can deal with breakups. I can deal with rejections. I yeah. can understand that if a person doesn't choose me, it is not because I'm bad. It is not because there is something wrong with me, but because this person's path was different. Yeah. And when I do breakup coaching with clients, and this is one of the things that I love doing the most, and it's one of my specialities, is really to help them reframe that relationship from the disaster, the rejection, the horrible experience yes. of not being chosen to gratitude for what was and mm -hmm. to taking action towards what will be yes. as a result of this experience. As you were yeah. saying earlier, yes, a lot of people jump into another relationship without taking the time to reflect, what did I learn yeah. from this? What was this person's role mm -hmm. in my life? Did they come to teach me something? Yes, everyone comes to teach us something. Understanding what this was about prevents me from jumping into the same relationship. I see so many people who essentially have the same experience, the same relationship with different people. Mm -hmm. And it's always going to be the same experience because you bring a certain set of patterns and behaviors and programs. And it doesn't matter who the other person is because let's say if I'm very insecure or very mistrusting, if I've been cheated on, my mm -hmm. very first boyfriend cheated on me. If I didn't understand that lesson, that it had nothing to do with me really, it had a lot more to do with the way he was growing. The, his own life experience led him to, to meet this other person and whatever. If I took that upon myself and to make this conclusion that, oh, everyone cheats, I would have never had my next relationship, which was a 19-year relationship in which if I didn't do the healing after my first partner, if I didn't take the time off, I, if I didn't work on myself to understand what that relationship was about, I probably would have repeated it because if I become mistrusting and I think everyone cheats, I would have never been yeah. able to have a long distance relationship for two years because I would have been terrified that mm -hmm. my new boyfriend would constantly cheat on me. And I would have been, yeah. um, you know, paranoid that where are you? Why are you not answering my phone calls? Why mm -hmm. are you not texting me back and so on? And if I was like that, he probably wouldn't have wanted to be with me because he was like, well, you know, if I'm, I'm screwed, if I do screwed, if I don't. Yeah. It's going to be hard for both parties and we have to, 
at least try to build a healthier mindset and approach to the intimacy relationship or romantic relationship that we are going to approach in the future, especially yeah. after you experience a traumatic event. Well, um, it's very hard for a lot of men and women to communicate their uh, sexual desires. And do you have any suggestions or tips for men and women to enhance their sexual communication skills? In this way, they can deepen their connection and intimacy with their partner. Definitely, it needs to start with understanding your own setup, <laughs> understanding your own sexual desire. Because if you don't know, you're not going to be able to communicate to your partner. So um, again, as a result of the programming that is happening, whether it is poor sexual education or mistaken or misleading sexual education from pornography and so on, a lot of people really have no idea what what they want, what they what they desire in the bedroom, what even feels good, especially for women. Um, I know women in their 30s and 40s who, for example, never masturbated. They didn't know what an orgasm feels like because they've never had them with themselves. They don't know uh, what feels good on the body. Where are the, the hot spots, you know? So if you don't know this about yourself and you assume that your partner is going to somehow magically know how to touch you, how to make it happen for you, and deep down you're also very stressed about the experience and am I going to make it? Am I not going to make it? Is it going to hurt? Is it not going to hurt? What's going to happen? What does it even feel like? Will I know if I have an orgasm or not? And so on. Am I too loud, too quiet? Am I too wet? Am I too dry? All of these thoughts that are going in our head are actually... Um, stopping us from really experiencing true pleasure so i would say step number one is know yourself like explore your body read about sexuality these kind of podcasts as we are doing now are really very useful in terms of understanding okay where do i start um this friday i'm doing a talk for 16 17 year old kids in school here in hong kong and oh. um I'm planning to to ask these questions, like where do you guys start with your sexual identity? Like where, what is that starting point where you decide who am I as a lover? Yeah. Um, because yes. I think it, it starts in during our puberty, you know, during that time when we experience this huge hormonal transformation in our body. Uh, it's, it's not just because the body is changing, we grow breasts or our penis uh, starts having, you know, hair or something like that. But it's really who am I as a sexual being? And these days, there, uh, there are all these different messages of binary, non-binary, asexual, uh, transsexual, all of these different concepts, you mm -hmm. know, the world used to be maybe a little bit simpler, like, oh, well, nobody questioned, if you look like a girl, you are obviously a girl. If you look like a boy or a boy, these days uh, things are a lot more complicated. And I yeah. think being young in this generation is very challenging when it comes to your sexual identity. So first of all, you need to really understand who am I? Yeah. What do I want? What is good for me? How do I do this? By self-exploration. So boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen out there, <laughs> masturbation is not bad. Yes. <laughs> masturbation, this is, this is the message. If there is... Yeah. Um, if, if there is a message that I would like uh, the world to hear is masturbation is a gift from God because yeah. it's it's really about understanding yourself um, yeah. it's a word that has such connotations uh, sorry such negative connotations for a lot of people and it feels like mm -hmm. a sin but it's really about self-love it's about understanding what feels good for you so many of us live our entire lives focusing on the other people around us That's what right. do they want what do they think what do they believe about me without really understanding 
who am I really as a person? And we allow the other people to tell us who we are. And I think Freud said, no, no, sorry. Um, what's his name? Uh, Jung, Carl Jung said, you know, mm -hmm. the world will, uh, if you don't tell the world who you are, they will make sure to tell you who you are. Mm, so right. it's really, it's really important that you understand yourself because that is the core. That is your foundation. If you don't know who you are, you're not going to be able to communicate anything to your partner. Once yeah. you determine what is it, are, am I, am I heterosexual? Am I uh, bisexual? Am I homosexual? Am I asexual? Whatever it is, that's number one. And it's a label that doesn't have to be for a lifetime. I think this is another thing that we really need to understand that as we grow, you know, maybe today I feel that I'm only attracted to men. So, okay, I'm heterosexual, but maybe in a while I'm going to find women attractive. And does that make me a lesbian? Does that make me bisexual? Well, it, it, at that point, it doesn't really matter as long as I'm okay to to grow, to become whoever it is that I'm, I'm meant to be. Because attraction, again, and, and sexual desire is a, is a very fluid thing that can change depending on, on our circumstances and so on. Mm -hmm. So if I have, uh, let's say I've been in a relationship for a long time and I find that it's stalling and it's, it's bad and I want something else. I was actually having this conversation last week with someone I used to date and we were talking about what kind of partners would we want for the long term. So I asked him, you know, what, what kind of relationship are you considering? And he said, oh, I'm only considering an open relationship. And I said, okay, well, tell me a little bit about what that means, because a lot of people would be not quite sure. If you were to, to go on a date with me for the first time now, and you were telling me I want an open relationship, I may mislead it. I mean, I mean sorry, I might find it misleading because maybe my idea of an open relationship is different to yours. Yes. Um, and he was like, well, you know, I actually want a relationship with someone who is open to discussing our relationship model because I know that in the beginning, if I fall in love with the person, I will just want to be with them because yeah. that's how it works, right? If mm -hmm. I'm, I'm putting everything into this relationship and I want to be with someone who is not going to bail out the moment the sexual attraction um, right. fades, but I want to be able to sit down with this person and to say, hey, now that we're no longer uh, in each other's pants the whole time, what are our options? What what can we do? So then by saying, okay, maybe it's time to bring a, a second partner in the bedroom, or maybe it's time for us to explore going to some sex parties or a sex club and exploring multiple sex partners, or maybe we're going for full polyamory or something like this. What's important is that I am with a partner who is open to these conversations. It doesn't mean that, um, that it has to happen right now, yeah. but it means that the person is open to it. And, and he was telling me how his last partner straight up told him, if you ever cheat on me, that's it. End of story, no conversation, no negotiation. And he said, this, this scared me because it told me that I may invest in this relationship for five, 10 years. And then, you know, God yeah. knows something might happen. Uh, I might sleep or I may not, but then everything that I've invested in is over without even me having a chance to discuss it. And I think he had a really good point. Especially, I mean, in a long-term relationship uh, about not only sexual, but also relational transparency and this attitude of open communication is key for both parties to decide whether this is the relationship I like to stay in, whether uh, through communication you can figure out where exactly is each other's boundaries and preferences. I think, um, I mean, throughout our whole conversation, uh, no matter for sexual relationships or emotional connections, the key is to first know yourself 
identify identify your self identity, self image, draw the boundaries, and prioritize self love. Then develop the ability to keep the spark and continue. Uh, develop the ability to um, being able to love someone in the appropriate way for both parties. Well, I, I have to say this is a very inspiring conversation. It's going to be helpful for a lot of people out there who's confusing about their sex life, their love life, or even their relationship issues. I'm very grateful to you for thinking of me and uh, having such uh, interesting and uh, profound questions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sexopedia. We hope you found it informative and engaging. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Until then, keep exploring, learning, and growing. Goodbye for now. We'll see you next time.